Welcome to another episode of the Press Coverage Podcast. I am your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And if you're not already, go ahead, follow my main account on Twitter, at Eric underscore Crocker. Uh, follow the Press Coverage Podcast Twitter account, at Press Cuff Podcast. Um, tons of content all the time. I've been slacking on it lately, been so busy, but I'm going to pick back up on it uh, this week. And, you know, a cool thing I just threw out this whole thing, like, you know, hey, you know, post a picture of your swag, you know, you and your football stuff. Man, I got like 200 comments, 200 photos of of guys just, you know, in their gear. So I thought that was really cool. Um, me as a, I, I like to call myself a swagologist, <laughs> right? Um, I'm really into that. If anybody knows, I know there's a lot of people that don't care. And it's just like, man, just give me a uniform and play. I don't care how I look. Me, I care how I look. And I definitely pay attention to how other people look. And if they look nasty, uh, you know, I, I'll let them know, pro or Whatever, I'm like, oh, man, that, they look nasty. DJ Reed, DJ Reed, he plays for the 49ers right now. In preseason, I had pictures of him, and I was just like, dude, this is just nasty. You have to fix it. And um, I told him about his face mask. I was like, DJ, you have the nastiest face mask. And he commented back, and he was like, I'm never going to change it. Well, this offseason, he changed it. And there's a drastic difference. If you look at what he looked like last preseason as a rookie to what he looks like now, He's definitely gotten his swag up a little bit. All right, so um, that was just something cool, something fun. All right, but but today's podcast episode, I, I get asked a lot, you know, what do I look for in a cornerback? What do I look for in a receiver? And, you know, a lot of times it's from guys that I, I think they are aspiring to write. And, you know, I, I don't do a whole, like, I'm not a writer or anything like that. But sometimes I do write for uh, fourth and nine. Uh, with my guy Dylan DeSimone. De um, I just put out a, a recent article on Debo Samuel. If you go on my main account, it should be the pinned tweet. So go ahead and check that out. My article on Debo Samuel, uh, drafted by the 49ers, uh, rookie out of South Carolina. But um, I don't do a whole lot, but I guess I do a good enough job to where people want to ask me, hey, what do you see? Uh, you know, how do you see this? How do you break it down? What do you look for in defensive backs? What do you look for in receivers? So I thought, you know what? Why not just talk about this on the podcast? <laughs> All right. So first things first, I'll talk about the position I play, cornerback, and then just how that kind of relates to the receiver position as well. All right. So first, let's talk about cornerbacks. Cornerback's my ideal cornerback. Even though I know you guys say, hey, well, Eric, you were a big corner, or quote unquote, big corner, uh, 6'1", uh, anywhere between, you know, in like college and, uh, you know, college, I was like 185. By the time I was with the Jets, I was around 200, but they wanted me to play in between 193 and 195. Um, they felt like that was where I would move the best or whatever. So um, my, my ideal corner, the, the size, I would say is about five, ideal, like what I look for. And, and I'll say what, uh, what, you know, freaks. There are a few freaks out there, but just more times than not what I'm looking for 5'11", around 190. That's kind of the, the, where I, what I like in the corner, great feet, hips, um, change of direction, uh, you know, great fluidity. It's around those 5'11", maybe six feet. Once you start getting over that, uh, corners start having some issues. And, and I'll get into that, all right? So, you know, I, I know people want the big corner. They say, oh, he's 6'2", he's 6'3", he's long, long arms. I, I don't care about any of that. The question that I would ask 
say if I was, you know, a scout or say I'm a GM and I send my scout out and he brings me this guy, um, this profile is like, hey, man, Eric Crocker, hey, he, this guy that we're looking for, um, he goes to Miami. He's six three. He's two ten. He ran runs a four four. You know, and, and it's like you know, he jumped to forty three inch vertically. And it's like you know what? That, that's cool. That's great. But can he cover? That's all I care about. Can he cover? I don't care about how tall someone is. I don't care about how short they are. Can they cover? When I was with the New York Jets for that time, I'd say the best cover guy. Like we're just talking about pure cover skills. So this dude, Isaiah Trufant. Is Isaiah Trufant? Marcus, Isaiah, Desmond. Isaiah Trufant. And I kid you not, the dude was, I, I, I'm not lying when I say this, maybe 5'5". Five, five. I think he was listed at 5'8". He was not 5'8". I'd say he's about 5'5", five, 5'6". Five, five, and I saw him weigh in one time, and he was 155 pounds. But this dude mastered being short. He, and I'll get into talking about mastering your body, but he mastered being short. He was only... Yeah, five six five five five, one hundred fifty five pounds, and I think he was the best cover guy that was on that team, and, and that's with Antonio Camardi, who, who is you know uh, multi. What? How many Pro Bowls did he go to? Um, Reeves wasn't there; he got traded to Tampa. Um, you had a guy, Darren Walls. Darren Walls was solid. Ellis Langster, a great special teamer. Uh, Aaron Berry. But Aaron Berry towards ACL. Uh, you had oh uh, D. Milliner. All right, uh, he was drafted number nine overall out of out of Alabama. All right, and there were some a few other guys that you guys probably never heard of. But Mike Edwards, uh, he was at Hawaii. But anyways, uh, yeah, Isaiah Trufant. I, I felt like he was the best cover guy. He he played off. I mean, the quickest feet, great reaction, could turn and run, and somehow, some way, he'd be guarding somebody like Stephen Hill, who he's probably not in the NFL anymore, maybe for a reason. But Stephen Hill would go up, dude was like six four, and Isaiah Trufant at five 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 six would time it to where on dude's way down, he would punch up and knock the ball out. I mean, the dude just had superb uh, cover skills. So that's my main question: Can they cover? I don't care about all the other stuff. I, I want to see it. All right, so, and once I see it, I'm okay with it. Now, if I don't see it, then we have an issue. So, Byron Murphy, who was my CB1 this year um, going to this draft, got drafted by the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, he was the second corner taken, I believe, because I think DeAndre Baker was first. Um, but he was my CB1, and th th this guy, you know, I, I couldn't see his long speed because of the defense they played, but I knew he did everything else I liked. I loved you know, zone. I think impressed he was decent. Uh, great zone eyes, change of direction, physical as hell. Um, reaction was amazing. Um, playmaker had two interceptions in the, uh, in the, was it the Pac 12 championship game? Had two picks, one to the crib to steal the game. The only touchdown of the game. All right. That's my type of guy. Now, what I didn't see, I didn't see if he had long speed. I didn't see too much of that, at least in the films, I, in the games I watched. And that was my knock on him. Not so much, not so much a knock, but if you're only going to be 5'10, 5'11, and you have short arms, can you run? And he ran a 4'5'5. So that's a little alarming, but I do think he's a really good coverage guy. But in the NFL, especially with all these single high safety teams, you're, you're going to be tested vertically for sure. 
and you better be able to run. So we'll see. He ran a four five five at the combine. I didn't really get to see it a lot on film, um, but I know the guy can cover, especially underneath. So we'll see if he plays outside or if he ends up being a nickel guy where he doesn't have to guard as many vertical routes. But anyways, um, can you cover? That's my main thing. So people get excited about these big corners, big physical corners. My issue with a lot of them is they their feet. Sometimes they're kind of heavy. We saw Quentin Meeks. I saw a lot of people in love with Quentin Meeks and coming out of Stanford in last year's draft. I didn't like him. I, I, okay, he has a size 6'1", 210. Okay, he can run a little bit. Okay, he's athletic. I said, I don't like him. I wouldn't take him before the fifth round. Well, he went undrafted. People thought I was crazy. Well, you wouldn't take him. No, no, I wouldn't take him. I don't like the way he moves. I didn't like his feet. I didn't like his change of direction. I didn't like those things. Now... Would I take him later, undrafted? Sure, because I thought he, you know, was decent, and maybe I can get him better. And if I feel like, hey, maybe I can get this guy better, um, and, and I mean, you know, at those things, which some of them are kind of difficult. Sometimes if you have heavy feet, you kind of just have heavy feet. If you have poor change of direction, and you and you are, you know, coming out of college, like you know, that that's tough. Now, now let's talk about, you know. You know, we're talking about 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old kids. Yeah, you can improve on that. Those kids are still raw. But when you're 22 years old and your change of direction is still poor, how much more can, how much better can you get? Especially with somebody like Quentin Meeks, who I want to say his father was like a defensive back coach in the NFL, or, or still is. So if his dad, who trains DBs, couldn't improve on those things, that, that's, that's a red flag to me. But we'll see. I, I've heard he's, you know, he's doing well for Jacksonville. Maybe he fits his scheme. And, and, and that's a whole nother part that plays into this whole thing. What you look for, um, definitely scheme fit. But I'm looking for the overall best, you know, guy who can cover. So, you know, in 2018 draft, my, my CB1 was uh, Denzel Ward. My CB2 was Jair Alexander. I don't care that these guys are, you know, a little bit under 5'11". They can cover. They can do everything I want. Play off, press, uh, great change of direction, great feet, great hips, great fluidity. Those are the things I look for in corners. Those guys got it. Now, when you have bigger guys, you you can't really expect that. And we'll get into that part of it, uh, you know, with receivers as well. But knowing a guy is 6'1", 6'2", 6'3", I know that he might lack in some of those areas. All right? So my antennas are up a little bit. I'm kind of paying attention to all the little things. Okay, what does he bring? Okay, so maybe like a Josh Jackson out of Iowa. Okay, 6'1". Change of direction isn't that great. Hips are a little tight. Maybe he's not a corner, but maybe I can fit him into a scheme. Maybe a cover three scheme. Off coverage. So to me, when I was watching him, he looked best as... Uh, a zone corner, off zone corner. The same things he excelled at in college. Because when I watched him press in college, I, I wasn't impressed. I wasn't impressed with with his uh, work at the line of scrimmage. I, I thought he was heavy footed. Change of direction was poor. Um, but off coverage, tremendous. Great zone eyes. Was able to manipulate uh, the the quarterback. You know, read through uh, receivers and you know figure out a way to make. You know, he had eight interceptions. Great. He can do that. Uh, you know, and 
he made a few plays for the Packers, but overall, I just didn't see a, a pure outside cornerback. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how he improves on some of those things. Maybe I would never ask him to improve on it, right? That's another aspect of this. Um, what did the college coaches ask him, look, uh, ask him to do, right? All right, so, so, so that's that. So big corners, they typically struggle a little bit with change of direction, um, foot quickness, uh, you know, foot turnover, leg turnover, right? Those are things that they kind of struggle a little bit. So you probably only want to play them on the outside. You don't want to play them too much in the slot because once they get in the slot, you're asked to guard smaller, shift, shiftier guys, and we'll get into that. But you're being asked to guard smaller, quicker, shiftier guys, and can you match their quickness in your bigger corner? That's pretty tough. Now, there are some freaks. There are some special guys. All right. Jalen Ramsey, you know, 6'1", two, 200 plus pounds. Um, he, he, he does a lot of those things well. And, and one thing that he has that if you are taller and you are going to have some of these issues, have really good anticipation. And his anticipation is great. He has a really nice pedal. He, he has really good technique. That helps a lot. You know, um, smaller, quicker cornerbacks, they can get away sometimes with maybe not having the best, uh, technique because they can recover because of how quick they are, their feet and everything like that. Bigger corners, if you get beat, it takes a long time to kind of recover. So, uh, Ramsey does a great job at, at his anticipation. Um, that's one. Now you might see some of his numbers down a little bit here and there, you know, uh, PFF down a little bit, but he follows number one receivers around. So I'm not going to knock him too much, but Ramsey, it, he was drafted extremely high because he, he was a rare, he's a rare freak. And, and there's not a lot of guys like that at his size that can move and play like he does. All right. Um, let's see. And not so. Highly touted guy that I really like. Okay, there's a guy that I really liked a lot coming out. All right. A killer with a spoon. And I know I talk about him a lot on Twitter because he's a 49er, but I really like the killer coming out. Um, I, I still like him. I still think he kind of gets a bad rap for it. We can go into that. I got threads on that. But I thought it was rare that you see a guy that's 6'3, 198 pounds, and runs a 4'4'5. And had the feet he had, the change of direction, and, you know, from everything I've heard and I've talked to his father, you know, he has a really uh, uh, expansive background in sports. He, he played a lot of basketball. He played a lot of soccer. And the thing with Akello was he he was a late bloomer, you know. So I think his senior year of high school, he was like five foot nine. So he played like a five nine guy, quick feet, change of direction, all that. And then he had a growth spurt after that while he spent uh, one year at Sacramento City uh, Junior College, where he just, like, yeah, he had a huge growth growth spurt. All right? So, um, but with Akello, I saw those things, like, hey, man, this dude has great movement skills for somebody his size. Like, he would be a great fit for the 49ers in the third round. Sure enough, they drafted him. I can find those tweets. I can find those tweets, too, just in case anybody thinks I'm lying. But um, that's another one. But there are a few guys that are big, and have great feet and change of direction and all that. And what's, I'll talk about a guy who has excelled but and hasn't had those things, all right? And his name is Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman, 
doesn't have the best feet, doesn't have the best change of direction, doesn't have the best top-end speed. Like, none of it is really good, and that's why he was a fifth-round draft pick. He, you know, he's 6'3", 200 pounds, uh, 195 pounds, whatever, but he's so smart, and he's a step ahead of everything. He went to a system that was great for him and uh, had to defend vertical to out routes and, you know, everything. He went to the perfect situation for him, his body type, and what makes him who he is. Uh, Tremaine Johnson with the Rams, another one who big, has, you know, decent movement skills and stuff like that, but 6'2", 6'3", and I've been around True in person. He's like 6'3", uh, 210 pounds. But, you know, he has really good feet, and he went to a scheme and, you know, with St. Louis where he excelled. And I think over the time, he, you know, his first four years in the league, I don't think anybody had more interceptions in them. And then you take him out of that scheme where that fit him. It was more of like a cover four type type scheme, and, and uh, the Jets put him in something else, and you know maybe he didn't have the, he didn't have as great a year. I think watching corners, man, you have to figure out what you like, what fits your scheme, and then there are some guys that are very versatile, um, and a lot of times those more versatile guys are smaller. You know what the worst sound in the world is? It's your alarm clock. If you haven't gotten enough sleep. No matter how much you love that song on your phone, when it wakes you up in the morning, you just want it to stop. Now imagine this scenario. The surface temperature of your bed gradually adjusts to wake you up gently and naturally without the sound of an alarm. Imagine now waking up rested and alert. It's not fiction. This is the new pod by 8sleep. The pod by 8sleep is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. And there's a reason why Time Magazine calls eight one of the best inventions of last year. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. This means when you like the bed cool and your partner likes the bed warm, that can have both at the same time. In a crazy comfortable bed and no more alarm clocks. Alright, so to celebrate Independence Day, get a free gravity cooling blanket. Plus, free shipping with your pod purchase. A $300 value for free. Offer ends Monday, July 8th. All right, so visit 8sleep.com slash bluewire. That's 8sleep.com slash bluewire. E-I-G-H-T sleep.com slash bluewire. Now, let's uh, go to the other side of the ball. All right, receivers. And, and this is good because now I get a chance to talk about some of the things I struggle with re- with receivers, um, the different types, you know, body types and things like that. Um, it When I first cut on the film with the receiver, again, it, it starts with fluidity, just like cornerback. I want to see, you know, how they move, how quick they get in and out of their breaks. And then we'll talk about the different dynamics and, and, and body types and why, you know, some things matter m- more than most for certain guys. All right. So ideally, I would love to have a 6'3", 215-pound receiver that runs in the 4'4s and, and, you know, in and out of breaks and all that, right? But you, you don't see that a lot. So a lot of times there's give and take. Now, one guy I'll say in recent years where I did see a lot of those uh, traits in, and I thought that it's like, how is this guy slipping? He should be the wide receiver one in the draft. But that was Michael Thomas. And I thought he you know, possessed a lot of those traits coming out of Ohio State. But for whatever reason, um, people were saying he couldn't learn a playbook. Well, he's learning 
Uh, New Orleans Saints playbook just fine, right? He's t- catching a ton of passes, like, you know, like what? Over 100 catches a, a, a season, you know, and expecting a big payday now. Um, yeah, Michael Thomas, he was one where I was like, you know, I, I really like him. But you don't have a lot of Michael Thomas as far as how he moves for his size, all right? Uh, so what what do I look for? I I look for guys that are good, all right? Now, good receivers come in all sizes. You know, Odell Beckham, he caught 30-plus touchdowns over his first few years in the league. Antonio, Antonio Brown, he's caught, what, 59 touchdown passes? And that's his regular season over his last five years. Like, that's insane. Dude's 5'10". Odell's 5'11". All right, so you you ideally you want somebody who can play fast with with receivers. I don't necessarily pay a whole lot of attention with the forty yard dash. I just want to know can you can you run? Can you get any other breaks? Can you catch the ball? Can you get open? You know, uh, I think I kind of agree a little bit with Shanahan's perspective. You know, he values three cone a lot. I I, I get it. You know, and depending on the receiver, his three cone needs to be good, depending on the receiver. Again, the bigger the receiver gets, the more I kind of drop that value with, you know, the receiver's three cone. All right. I, I don't value it as much for a bigger receiver because they're just not going to move as as well. Just like, I, you know, same thing with the big corners. They're not going to move as well unless you got a freaky one. Um, like, you know, it's just random. Uh, they're not going to move as well. So you have like the Julio Jones. He's one of the outliers, right? Where he's running in the four threes and change of direction is really good and all that, right? Um, you you typically don't see a lot of six three guys that test well in, in, in that. So let's go to this recent draft. You had DK McCaff, right? Who, because he ran a slow three cone. People knocked him, like, a lot. He can't run routes. It's like, I, I get the whole analytics thing, but did did anybody watch any type of film? Is And is he a great route, route runner? Mm, no. But was he a good enough route runner? Yeah. DK was a good enough route runner. I, I, I didn't see anything that was just like, oh, man, he just, he just can't run routes or he can't do this. No, I, I didn't see that. And because his speed, he can literally take the top off of a defense. Uh, you, and you can't press him. Um, you, you can't press DK. A lot of people go back to the, the LSU game and, like, well, Greedy Williams locked him up. Well, Greedy Williams probably knew, hey, this guy's only going to run two routes. And not because he can't run more routes. It's just the Ole Miss offense. Ole Miss, okay? Hey, you got a five-yard stop, 10-yard stop, go route, depending on how the corner's taking you. And that was their entire offense. And then we have our slot guy, A.J. Brown, uh, you know, do some stuff over the middle, and, you know, we'll see if he gets open. And if not, hey, quarterback, just take off. That was their entire offense. So I'm pretty sure Greedy Williams knew that. Hey, all I got to do is defend a, a, a vertical route all game. That's easy. All right, cool. I run a 4-3 too. All right, I run a 4-3 like you do. So um, I, I think those were his biggest struggles. He Now he's in the offense with Seattle. It's going to be scary, and people are going to see that. But anyways, back to how they viewed him. Hey, he has a three. He can't, he can't run routes. Well, that's not true because if you go through and you watch his film, he could run routes. Now, did they do it a lot? No, but that was the offense. 
Can he do it well enough? Yes. Is he going to look like Odell Beckham running routes? No. Odell Beckham is 5'11". DK McCaff is 6'4". They're not going to look the same. Odell Beckham is 200 pounds. DK McCaff is 230 pounds. They're not going to look the same. And so I think people kind of value that a little bit more. Like now, if, say, uh, Odell Beckham. If Odell Beckham ran, uh, had a slow three cone, now we have an issue. Because you can't be 5'11 and not quick, not shifty. And if you are, you kind of fall a little bit, you know. And you end up being more like a, a Jarvis Landry who has to play more in a slot and can't do a whole lot of vertical. Um, he's not really uh, used a lot in the vertical passing game. Like, Cleveland knew they had to go get into Odell. And they have Callaway. So now it's like, okay, go ahead, Landry. You're not fast, but you are very dependable. We'll just let you work these 8 to 12-yard routes all game. Is that somebody I want to be my number one? Not at all. I want somebody who can take the top off. Now, ideally, you would like somebody that who, who does it all. And you have a Julio Jones who's 6'3", 220, and, you know, good three cone and all that. And that's why he went, what, number six overall in the draft? He's a freak athlete. But there's not a whole lot of that. So I know a lot of people, they want these big receivers. From a cornerback's perspective, big receivers are the easiest receivers to guard. I love lining up across from somebody that's 6'3", 215 pounds. I would much rather go against 6'3", 215 and like we'll say the average 6'3", 215 because that's what people, oh, he's 6'3", 215. The average 6'3", 215 guy, he's not running away from me. He's not quicker than me. And I can see every move that's coming. Whether I'm off coverage, whether I'm in press and able to kind of get hands on or read them down is extreme, it's, it's easy. That's not difficult. What's difficult is staying in front of Odell Beckham, who runs 4-4, he's 5'11", he's super quick, he's shifty, quick in and out of his breaks, great route, you know, deception and stuff like that. That's difficult to guard. I don't want to guard Odell Beckham. I don't want to guard Antonio Brown. I'd much rather guard, um, who's a big receiver? Not even Mike Evans. I don't, I don't know. I, I would rather guard Mark, Mike Evans. Now, I think Mike, Mike, Mike Evans is a top five receiver. But, I would, but if you said, hey, you, you can guard either Mike Evans or Odell, I'm going to say Mike Evans. Now, I'm not saying I would win that battle. But I would much rather guard him than have to worry about following Odell Beckham around. Now, a, a receiver can work on his route running and all that and, you, you can improve on the little things. So sometimes you see guys that maybe aren't the most athletic guy or, you know, they didn't test out of this world, but somehow you just see them kind of get better and better and better and they develop into a really good receiver. And, and I think a good uh, example of that would be Devontae Adams, where, you know, his, his test numbers, he did have a really good three cone, but, you know, at 6'1", 215 pounds, his, his testing numbers weren't great. But, you know, he was good. Good receiver at, you know, Fresno State, and he kind of dominated, you know, that conference. And, and you know, he got to the league, and he kind of struggled a little bit at first because, you know, now you're not just going to beat up on guys because you're not the most athletic guy. You're not the most athletic receiver. So what do you have to do? Well, he worked on 
all the little things. And he understands how to beat defensive backs uh, deep, all right? So you'll see him do little half steps to get the defensive back defensive backs to stop their feet. And once they stop their feet, he's already going again and it creates just enough separation for him to catch, you know, deep balls. So that's how he's kind of made himself into a vertical threat type guy. Now, you're not going to see uh, Devontae Adams just run straight and just run by somebody. You, you'll see other guys do that. You'll see Odell. You'll see Julio. You'll see even Mike Evans. You won't see Devontae Adams do that, but he's figured out how still, you know, achieve having those big type of plays. All right, so maybe you can't improve on, you know, he can't, he can only improve so much on certain athletic traits, but you can still develop in other parts of your game as far as being a receiver. I think he's done that. And the same goes for a defensive back. Um, I had to master knowing I'm a 4-5-5 guy. You know, 6'1", 195 pounds. I'm a 4'5'5 guy. How do I master playing at this speed? I had to learn how to do all the little things right and then use my athleticism once the ball is in the air. All right, so if you're not a freakishly talented guy, don't worry about that. Just focus on, like, I mean, improving it as much as you can, but work on the little things. And if I'm somebody that is, you know, looking to, you know, whether it's write articles or I want to be a scout one day or whatever, don't judge a 6'3", 240, 30-pound guy the same way you would judge a 5'10", you know, 195-pound guy. They're, they're not going to move the same. They're not going to run routes the same. Uh, they're, they're probably not going to cover, you know, the same on defense. And, you know, you can't judge those a big guy the same as a little guy. Figure out if they do things that you like. All right, so that's going to do it for today's episode of the Press Covers Podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe, rate, review, follow the accounts on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker at PressCov Podcast. Follow at PressCov Podcast as well on Instagram. Check in every week, you know, Tuesday morning. The episode is going to drop. I appreciate you guys. All the love, support. Let's keep it going right here on the Press Covers Podcast.